been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. What's percolating, everybody? Crackalacking and all that good stuff. Man, this has been a summer on the go for your boy, Jay Dizzle. I swear, I've been doing football camps for my people in Merritt, Oklahoma, uh, Zuni, New Mexico. Did some, uh, did a camp in Lake County, Illinois, uh, with my nephews. Let me tell you this: this it was probably working with my nephews was one of the most exciting, but yet scary things uh, I did in terms of for me having played college football and things of that nature. Um, It was, hmm, I had some apprehension, like, you know, being that I don't have any children, my nephews and nieces are like my children. So I've always questioned whether, um, if I had, if I was fortunate to have children, whether I would allow them or want them to play football. And so it's funny because my siblings seek my guidance on this very uh, topic, and so my brother and I, we're fortunate to play with each other uh, our senior or his senior year, my junior year, um, football, and we played one year. I don't tell people this too often. Amateur football, we played semi-pro. And um, so with that, throughout the years, I'll say I've kind of felt the wear and tear on my body. And one of the reasons why I moved to this beautiful place called Arizona, and I was fortunate I mean, I had a broken collarbone, two broken ankles, and actually all three of the breaks, or two of the breaks happened in practice. No, well, three, because the third one was in wrestling practice, and then about three or four concussions. And so when talking to my siblings and things like this, I, I had to put this into consideration. And I'm like, you can tell a child that they could be anything, and that they want to be and what they put their mind to. But then when they want to play a sport like football, um, I had to tell my brother, I was like, you know, we can't talk them out of it. You know, just make sure they're playing for the right reasons because they want to play, not because, you know, they I played and my brother played or the fact that I've worked in football and things like that. And don't get me wrong, I love the game, but this this uh it was it was challenging so uh i have two one five-year-old nephew that's out playing a six-year-old i think and the other two are like nine or the other two are 11 and one is nine and so we also had some uh i had a childhood friend bring his son out who's just so happened his dad was my high school coach and mentor bill dr bill king and so we're out there, and I was like, you know, and the debate has gone on with a good friend, uh, Earl Mosley, who spent many years in the NFL. And, in fact, his youngest grandson, who's like five, is playing and, you know, received the call. And I'm like, the debate has gone, you know, do you wait and let them play once they're in high school or do you let them play early? So after I put in a lot of thought into things, um, my conclusion was this and what I've seen. I believe that it's best for 
a young kid to play football at an early age. And kind of my thought behind this is when you're playing football, to make that adjustment, to make that adjustment to what it's like to get hit, um, you can't emulate that or replicate it in anything besides putting on equipment and getting hit. So I have a few clients that are going off for football as sophomores in high school and things like that. And I think their chances of injury are enhanced as they're older or being late bloomers and playing because they don't know what to expect. And sometimes they freeze up or if they're not getting injured, they'll call someone else to get injured. And so basically what I share with my siblings and everyone is like, okay, this is the deal. If you're going to let them play, let them play. But we're going to make sure that they're doing the things right. I took a, a... a personal task to set them up uh, with equipment and things like that. We had them out there at 6 a.m. in the morning, and we went over the basic fundamentals for three days, two or three days. And, you know, one of the things I was proud is uh, one of my younger six-year-old nephews, he actually went to practice, and he was like, oh, well, everything that Uncle J.D. taught us is what we did. So, you know, that was a proud, defining moment. Um, and also another proud of defining moment this summer, I had the opportunity to uh, do a camp with my former co-host uh, on Outside the Lines, or Outside, <laughs> um, with uh, Darnell Autry, Outside the Spotlight, Outside the Lines is ESPN. My bad. Don't want to take credit for something I didn't do. But if I'm going to get some IMBD credit on it, then that's what I did. So anyway, Darnell and I, we went out to Merritt, Oklahoma, along with uh, one of my former players and one of my former assistant coaches and my former head college coach. And so talk about an interesting dynamic of young men and uh old men together, that was that. And um, it was so surreal to have my culture out there and me using some choice words when uh, things weren't done my way. And I had to look at them, and later on, like right after practice, we just looked at each other and started laughing. It's like, you never thought you'd see the day where I'd be yelling at you. And so... It was great, and let me tell you about the town of Merritt, Oklahoma. It's a small town. Uh, oil is actually an oil community and real, real close-knit uh, group of people. But it was interesting. They had a six-foot-eight, easy 300-pound young man, Loak, uh, um, and I guess originally – you know, his family's from Africa, but he lived in Tennessee, and his family came in to the farming town, I mean, to the oil town to live, and um, since Luol was um, going to be a senior, he decided to stay, and one of the other families brought him in. It looks like the blind side. <laughs> I mean, it's almost identical, except for they have a son that actually plays football. And to see him in this small town, and it's like predominantly white, and it, he definitely sticks out like a sore thumb. But the close-knit of, you know, Coach Barrett and uh, the the whole group is just, it was awesome. Um, they have some guys there that 
hopefully we'll see in the next couple of years playing on Saturdays and hopefully Sundays. I think they have two guys that can do it. So it was just such an interesting time. Um, and just to see how everybody embraced each other. And so, you know, I actually plan on going back before uh, their season ends and doing some football installs and stuff like that. But really excited uh, about, you know, what I saw there. And, I mean, talk about unique stories. Most of the players on the team are professional bull riders. So these high school guys are making bank in the summer, <laughs> like more money than I made in probably my whole high school career they're making in the summers. And so I had to, like, give it up to them on that. I was like, man, can a brother borrow a dollar or two? Uh, but, yeah, it, just a great community. The family took over. And let me tell you, their football moms are about that life, man. I'm, Darcy Smith, oh, my gosh. She's an Arizona native, and she brought her AZ swag to Merritt. And let me let you know, I, I – Coach has some people that take charge, but so it was, yeah, it was just such a great experience. But anyway, so we're back into getting ready for sports back on that is entertaining to watch. You know, we have the Olympics coming up. Uh, training camp has started. I've been fortunate to uh, spend some time uh, the past few days uh, at Cardinals camp, and I'm going to tell you, I'm glad that AZ did the right thing. And um, I don't know, before I get into it, I don't know if you all have had the opportunity to watch Amazon's uh, premiere of All In um, with the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, my boy BA, <laughs> you got to love him. He will call anybody an uh, MFer at the drop of the dime. I've never heard anybody say MFer as much as I heard Bruce Arians say MFer. But with that being said, and here's his here's his line, and and it's deep. I'm actually I've actually stolen it now. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm not talking to the person. I'm talking to the player. You know, as a person, you're a great person. As a player, you bleep 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 bleep. <laughs> and um, with even with his brashness, um, you can just see even from uh, the show, but even what I know from personal experience. Man, those players rally around him. You know, they know he's a straight shooter. He doesn't miss his words, but he also has his back, and the guys feel loved by him. And so one of the things that I kind of noticed, and actually being around them, uh, guest coaching last year and being at the games and kind of being behind the scenes with a few things, you could see the impact and the level of camaraderie that's on that team. But when Tyron Matthew goes down, Man, the whole scope of that team changes. And you can just, I really firmly believe, had he not been injured, that game in Carolina uh, to in the playoffs, the Cardinals win. I mean, he, he has become the nucleus of the team. Larry is still Larry, and everybody, but Larry is the consummate gentleman, and everybody's going to follow, and he still is a player. He's doing some things in camp, and it's like he doesn't look like the old guy. But, you know, Patrick P, P2 is who he is, but I'm going to tell you, um, Tyron Matthews is a, no wonder why they gave him $40 million guaranteed. 
I mean, could you think of a better storyline than this young man? I mean, even with injury, most people don't get re-signed with that type of guarantee, especially with a couple injured seasons within a three or four year career. So it says a lot about who he is, what he means to the team, and what he's overcome. We'll be back in a second. We're going to talk a little bit more Cardinal, Bears, football, and all that's going on in the world of sports. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to jdharris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So, talk about Tyron Matthew. The hunting badger, the lifeline of the defense um, with the Cardinals. And... This is why I well one of the things is I feel like he's definitely worth the money in terms of market value. Uh, I saw that Hunter Smith or uh, Smith from Minnesota got twenty eight uh, guaranteed money. Here's the difference between and he signed earlier this off season. Here's the difference between him and Tyron. Tyron can also line up at nickel. He a lot of times can play strong safety, free safety. He gives that defense so much flexibility in terms of what he can do. I mean, he can line up and easily line up on the teams, on opposing teams, number two or number one guy. He can line up on a strong safety at all of five, nine, five, ten. But he plays like he's 300 pounds and runs a 4 2. The guy is just very instinctive, things like that. So he also proved. That everybody is worth getting a second, or not everyone, but some people will make good on a second opportunity. You know, him with the drug problem in college and things like that. Heck, at this point, I wish he went to college in Denver. Would it be so much of an issue? Um, seeing that is legal. <laughs> um, but then you look at a team like Dallas, and Arizona has been known 
late in the last couple years to take risk on people with character question marks, you know, with bringing in Chandler Jones after his experience in New England um, when he turned, went into the police station and things like that, and um, their rookie that they just signed, um, the DN out of Mississippi. I, I feel like, though, for all the for those stories of a Tyron, you have what's going on with Gregory at uh, Dallas, and Dallas has also been a place that has taken a risk on a lot of players that, you know, um, Greg Hardy all, and other guys, Michael Irving, but those guys, some of them turned themselves around, some of them hasn't. And, you know, Jerry Jones takes a lot of heat for taking those risks. But you know what? How many of us have been without sin? Uh, and I just think that it's never a perfect science to know whether a guy is going to turn things around or not. It's like you hope. And does the talent warrant the, the risk of taking it? Because, you know, a lot of times when you as a GM or coach are bringing in a guy like that, hey, you're putting your mortgage on the line. So you have to say, do I trust this guy enough to uproot my family or have to look for a job and change my situation? And I really firmly believe you go with your discernment, go with your gut feeling. And, you know, I think the difference with Tyron is the fact that he had someone that he could latch to and, you know, that was a peer uh, with Patrick Peterson. Um, and they had the locker room that was conducive to doing things like that. Um, Dallas, I don't know. And even with the uh, with the Cardinals rookie, and I know his name and I can't say it for the life of me right now, but long story short, you know, you have Chandler Jones, which, you know, Chandler's not a young guy. And, I mean, he's not real young, but he's old enough and mature enough to um, he has a guy like I would say Calais Campbell that he could latch on to. They play the same this uh, position, so you could build a camaraderie and level of accountability. Uh, but the uh, Kadichi, I can't say. Uh, uh, I think that that's if I had a, a concern not knowing anything about him. You know, uh, you you wonder like who's going to be his partner in crime. You know who he's going to stay with, who he's going to spend most of his time with, and you know when you're taking chances like that, like you go to Dallas is like hmm, or you even go to Cleveland. You know when you had Josh Gordon and you had Johnny Manziel, and for a while they were running buddies, and what you're seeing now though, and you can hear Josh Gordon as he's being reinstated. Uh, he was like, you know what, I got RG3 here. That was my dude in college. We formed, we had a good chemistry. You know, the level of accountability is there. Um, we could get some things done. And I think that the organization, first of all, you have to have the head coach. You have to have the coach that can sit a dude in the, down and look him in the eye and tell him the truth and also see if your player is telling you the truth. Um, you also have to have the front office that feels like they have the stability and that they could put the people around their, uh, around that player. It just, not every place is conducive to that. You know, some places 
some people think, okay, you can't have a guy in a big city because he'll act crazy. But sometimes you can't have a guy in a small town because there's absolutely nothing to do. Um, so you have to be very careful and to the the bringing in the guy and you know definitely getting multiple eyes. But all this to say, I'm very happy to see a success story with Tyron. Uh, you know, just even the other day at practice, they it was a situation where the equipment or the trainers knocked over the jugs and stuff like that that they were going. And immediately, you know, he got up, he went, he helped him get up the stuff, picked up the stuff off the field. And then that wasn't even the first time I saw him just do the extra. Um, You know, he had gone and they had, you know, they kind of designate groups to do the autographs and things like that. And he saw a group of fans just waiting there. And you can see, like, that a lot of players would just keep going, doing what they're doing, talk to their family, and it's like, whatever. But... You know, just to see the young man go over, you know, out his way, wasn't his day to do it, you know, and really he had done some stuff earlier, you know, with signing and greeting the fans, but just took the time. And it says a lot. It's like, you know, I know the Cardinals are, you know, definitely glad that they took the risk and now they're taking a secondary risk because he's a guy that really outperformed his contract. But Change of stories, uh, on a funnier note, um, this past week you had the Bennett brothers. Uh, they did an interview on with ESPN, the magazine, and they brought up the subject that is always a sore topic of discussion for me, um, and so did Brandon Marshall. They brought up Jay Cutler and the Chicago Bears. And Brandon Marshall went as fo- so far to say that Jay Cutler can be an MVP quarterback this year, MVP candidate. And I'm like, has Brandon Marshall been spending some time back in Denver again? Because I don't know what in the world he was smoking when he said that. And But later on, he started expounding a little bit. He was like, if Alshon is healthy, if Kevin White is healthy, but – Jay Cutler has always, or I mean, I shouldn't say always, but a good portion of his career, he's had some high-caliber receivers. The problem is, just like uh, Martellus Bennett said, hey, Jay would, I would see another receiver double covered, and I'm wide open in the middle of the field, and he wouldn't throw it. And then, in like Jay Cutler fashion, (laughs) Jay goes on to say, I I wish those guys to, I could say some smart things, but I'm not. I wish those guys the best, uh, referring to both Bennett and Marshall. And he was like, maybe Tom can find them better than I did. You dang straight Tom can find them better than you can. Because Tom Brady is an elite quarterback. Jay Cutler has always been a guy with elite potential. He's always had the physical attributes but he has never gotten the intangibles that are necessary to be a real legit quarterback in the NFL. And uh, Bennett said he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. I can't quite say that, but I get frustrated with him as if he is. (laughs) Um, But 
there's no more saving this guy. I, I think that, you know, he has been given chance after chance after chance. And it's like, what is really going to happen? The bear, I, 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 you have really your rookie, your number one pick last year, who technically will be a rookie again this year since he didn't play all, all of last year. You have Eddie, uh, you have Royal, and you have Jeffries. It's like, you know, and you're going to have a solid running game. John Fox's offense is usually built around the run first, pass second, good defense. And so on. That's why you have a guy by the likes and name of Timothy Tebow that was able to go ahead and win games and actually win a playoff game. But I don't see Jay Cutler still getting it. Now, I've heard from inside the Bears facility, hey, this guy is actually making a turnaround and things like that. But I'm not going to lie. I find that hard to believe. Hey, if he does it, way to go Chicago. But if he doesn't, I mean, at this point, you got to count your losses. You know, you gave him the money that you gave him. You know, and anytime you give a player that is not performing well um, some big money, those guys whose contracts are up or those guys who are on the team that, excuse me, has seen some of their better, their friends leave that were some of the better people on the team that kind of helped them always be in contention, you better believe they will have a straight mutiny in that locker room, you know, because you didn't re-sign a Matt Forte. You didn't re-sign, you know, a couple years ago, a Peanut Tillman. You didn't re-sign, um, you go back to, you, you didn't keep Marshall. Is you let... For just Forte and everybody else go, uh, and a lot of it was centered and rooted in you keeping Jay Cutler. So Chicago fans, if you don't know, and some of you guys are Chicago fans, it's going to get real. Now, I have the diehard that says, hey, Jay Cutler is good. It's, uh, the easiest blame in football is always the offensive line. You know, and they're one of the most pre- – important positions on the field, but at the same time, you go, you look at those guys, if you hold on to the ball too long, it's going to go happen. You're going to get knocked out. So, Jay, we're watching you. I'm going August 20th to see what you're going to do, to see how you are leading this team. And I have a feeling, I mean, hey, I want everyone to have success. But some people in life, you just learn, they just don't get it. I don't think J.C. just gets it. I think he's still kind of smug and anything. I mean, and it's not a problem. Be who you are. But understand, you're not always the smartest man in the room. And if you are, then that's just not enough. So uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and, first of all, thank you for tuning in. And we're going to get ready for a new football season and kick some butt and take some names. Uh, All my people in fantasy you know, follow what I'm going to do because I'm taking names, boy. So anyway, we are out of here.